So you know the resurrection is the ultimate last word of God. Like the enemy has no retort. There's nothing that the adversary can answer to the resurrection. And so the two Marys showed up at the empty tomb. And there was in that first resurrection morning an angel waiting at the empty tomb. And here's what the angel said to the two Marys as they came up. He said, he is not here. He has risen just like he told you. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. Now, God's always been the God of life. And that special day, life was given to the one who died for us, Jesus Christ, so that we who believe in him can also live. And in this short series, The Last Word, we've looked at the powerful, impacting final words of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to look at the very last words ever recorded in Scripture by Jesus. Now, so I'm going to do a little quiz here this morning. What were the final recorded words of Jesus in all of Scripture? Now, no cheating, no Googling, no phoning a friend. No talking to the person next to you. This is all just from your memory. Here we go. What are the very last written words of Jesus in the Bible? So I'm going to give you four options. Just go right off the top of your head. I'm not going to embarrass you publicly, but I'm going to have you stand and give you... No, just kidding. So here we go. What were the final written words of Jesus in the Bible? Number one, was it, or letter A, was it, it is finished? Letter B, was it, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit? Was it letter C, yes, I am coming soon? Or was it letter D, I am with you always to the very end of the age? Ooh, tough choices. It is a little bit tricky this morning. It's intended to be so. Your choices again, letter A, it is finished. B, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. C, yes, I am coming soon. D, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Lock in your answer right now. Which is it? Have it in your mind. You know it for sure. That's what it is. I'm going to tell you the answer right now. The last recorded words of Jesus are, yes, I am coming soon. Revelation 22, 20. Grab your Bible. Let's turn there together. This is is just going to blow you away. This is so special, what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 22. And in fact, this all began when he was with his disciples and he was dropping the news for the first time. So Jesus pulled his disciples together. And in the end of John 13 and beginning of John 14, he was telling his disciples, I'm not going to be with you much longer. Like, I, he, was, he was revealing the reality, I'm going to die. And I'm not going to be with you much longer. And of course, this began to, like the text said, stir them inside and cause them to be troubled. 
And so Jesus said to them, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. He said, in my Father's house are many rooms, and if it weren't so, I would have told you. Now here's the deal. So he's, he's going to die, and then he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And here's the special phrase. And if I go to prepare a place for you, here's the phrase, I will come again and take you to be where I am. That's the big deal. So here's what I want you to realize. Jesus always attached his resurrection to his return. Now just think about this. He always attached the resurrection to his return. You know, the resurrection isn't like the Bette Midler song, God is watching us from a distance. You know, he rose, he's alive, and he's out there somewhere. The reality is he said all along, I'm alive, I'm going, but I'm coming back. And there's going to be a reunion, and I'm going to take you to be with me. And this is a repeated theme throughout the entire New Testament. And so here's Jesus talking to his disciples and telling them that. Paul tells many different churches in his writings this very same theme. And then we get to the book of Revelation, and here's Jesus quoted his last four quotes in Revelation. And notice the similarities. So I'm going to give them to you right now. So in Revelation 16, 15, look at these quotes. And you're going to see they look really similar. 16, 15, he says, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed. These are the last four quotes. Here's the next quote from Revelation 22, verse 7. He says, Look, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Then Revelation 22, 12, he says, Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I give to each person according to what they've done. And then the last final words of Jesus, there's no other words beyond this. He says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, last words, he says, Yes, I am coming soon. So let me just ask you, do you think Jesus is trying to tell us something? I mean, from what I can gather, I think he's trying to tell us he's coming soon. And so let me just parse this out for us. I think Jesus knows us really well. I think he knows how quickly and easily we can be distracted and be looking at everything else going on around us. I think he knows we can get caught up in hobbies, in politics, in world events, And days and weeks and months can go by without genuinely thinking about or anticipating the reality that, troop, here's what it is. Any moment, boom. Any moment. And we could be face to face with Jesus Christ. It might even happen before we get home today. And your ham will incur irreparable 
damage. And that's okay, amen? Yeah. Jesus says, anticipate me. Expect me. Be excited to see me. So here's how these words parse out really quick. I just want to give it to you. He says, yes. Yes. And this is a, a primary participle of strong affirmation or confirmation. He begins his last word with a certain word. This is a word of assurance or assertion. It's a definite word. There is no question. There is no uncertainty about it. Some may say, but Jesus, it's been a while. You said yes for sure, but it's been, if I can say so, it's been 2,000 years. Well, let me just tell you, you know, if you have a $100 bill and it's 50 years old, how much is it worth? It's worth $100. Jesus said, yes, definitely, count on it. And then he follows up and he says, I am coming. And so this three words in our language is actually one word in the original language. And it is a, a word with a lot of punch to it. And here's how I look at it. I send my kids upstairs, now it's the, it's the little dudes, the boys, and I say, okay, it's bedtime. Go get up, get ready, and, and I'll be up there in a minute. And so I hear them, and they go upstairs, they're supposedly getting ready, but I hear laughter, I hear frolicking, I hear jumping, I hear toys moving, and I realize this is not bedtime activity. And so I go to the stairs, because I don't want to go all the way up and then have to come all the way back down and then go all the way back up again. So I go to the stairs and guess what I say? I'm coming up soon. Be ready for bed. And then I hear their little voice, okay, dad. You know, and I'm expecting some action. This is the type of voice that Jesus gives when he says, yes, <clears throat> I am coming. Count on it. There's a definite reality to it. There is an authority with it. This is the king of kings who is coming. The first time he came, he came as a baby. He's not coming that way this time, friends. He's coming as king. He's coming as lord. Coming as master. He's going to come and set everything straight. Here's the final word. This is the word that trips us up. Soon soon what soon can we say two millennia has gone by what do you mean by soon and here's the challenge in our english language we look at soon and it means now like get moving quickly right away but here this word in the original means i'm coming without unnecessary delay so basically, Jesus is saying, you know, I have, he's tipping his hand, I have a number of things that I'm doing. I'm coming, I have a number of things that I'm doing, I'm not delaying. So don't think I'm dilly-dallying, don't think that I'm, I'm just waiting. He says, I am coming, and I will be there without any unnecessary delay. 
And that's the idea that Jesus gives us. There's no hesitation. If you see that it's, it's, it's taking some time, I'm not delaying. And so there's some huge theological words that are related to what we're talking about right now. One would be imminency or the imminent return of Christ. He could come at any moment. There's nothing left. There's nothing remaining prophetically or biblically for Jesus to come. <clears throat> and so Jesus resurrected. <clears throat> he ascended to heaven. He was seen by 500 or more people. And he said that he will return. So his resurrection is linked to his return. So I just want to ask you, <clears throat> do you think about Jesus? Do you think about his return? Because you realize, can I connect with you for a second? Do you realize that when guests are coming, that that's a motivating factor in your life? Do you realize this? Think, think about it with me. If you know that guests are coming to your house, that changes things for you, doesn't it? That changes priorities, doesn't it? That makes action happen, doesn't it? If you have guests coming to your house today, did you do something different this morning or yesterday? Having guests changes priorities. I'm going to tell you, in our house... <clears throat> There was a time that we had, um, Lisa and I had our parents. I stayed up till 3 a.m. painting a bedroom that they were going to be staying in. It changed priorities. It made action. <clears throat> For our guests, we've moved furniture. We've vacuumed. We've mopped. We've finished projects. We've done dishes. We've gotten the kids' haircuts. We've lit candles, we've cleaned toilets, we've washed cars, we've coached kids on what not to say, <laughs> we've put the dogs downstairs, you name it, we've done it because guests are coming, it changes our priorities, action happens. I was talking to, um, I was talking to a friend just recently on the phone, they had an appraiser coming. And um, somehow things got screwed up because they were talking to the appraiser and the appraisers, you know, in, in all of the discussion, they, they were arranged for Monday, this Monday. And so they're like, okay, <clears throat> we're set up for Monday. And, um, and it was the Saturday before. And they're in bed and their phone rings. And they answer it. And it's the appraiser. And the appraiser said, hey, just want you to know, I'm on my way, and I'll be there in 45 minutes. Well, they were expecting the weekend to get ready. They're still in bed in their pajamas. And instantly, wing, you know, up out of bed, priorities changed. And they told me, he said, you know what my first priority was? It was to be out of my pajamas and regular clothes before the appraiser came. That was priority number one. And then I had a lot of work to do in 45 minutes. And so boom, 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 boom. But you know, when you have a guest coming, it changes your priorities. It causes action. Can I just share with you right now, you have a guest coming. 
and it's Jesus Christ. And it's not a surprise because he said it, his last four quotes to us, he says, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And that's supposed to stir action in us, friends. It's supposed to cause change in us. It's not supposed to be business as usual. Like, God wants us to be expectant, making adjustments. And so what would it look like to live in anticipation of his coming? What would that look like for you and for me? And so there's so many Bible passages that talk about his return, and I just want to give you one. It's from 1 John 2, 28 through 3, 3. And, and there's, this, there's an attitude that he wants us to have when he comes. And, and this verse is just so powerful. He says, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be, listen to these words, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. What powerful words. Like Jesus shows up, and, he, and here's the words he wants us to have, confidence. Like, yes, I've been waiting for you. I've been looking forward to this, Jesus. This is the best. Rather than like, oh, how embarrassing. But God wants a sense of Confidence in our lives when he shows up. And there's two main areas in the text that he gives us. And I just want to give these to you as we finish up this morning. These are the two areas we need to embrace if we're to have confidence when he comes. And so I, I give them to you like when Jesus shows up, when you meet him face to face, either at his return or when you pass are you confident that you will spend an eternity with Jesus in heaven? That needs to be certain. And so the first area of confidence, are you his child? Are you his child? And this is, this is in, in that 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, because he says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Are you God's child? kid and it comes down to what we've just talked about and celebrated this whole week the reality that jesus christ died on the cross bearing the penalty bearing the wrath of god for all the wrong that we've done and so this is an area of confidence that we need to have and it's not confidence in us it's not confidence in our accomplishments but it's confidence in jesus confidence that he bore our sin in his body on the tree and the reality that I believe that, I trust that. And so your confidence needs to be in Jesus Christ. There's a verse in 1 John, the next chapter over, it says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And that's the reality. He, he was a sacrifice for our sin and any confidence or unashamedness that only comes when we believe 
and embrace the reality that Jesus is our rescuer when he died on the cross for our sin. And so, friend, here's the reality. If you don't have confidence, what would happen to you if Jesus returned today or if you met him today in your death? It comes through Jesus Christ. You need to believe that, number one, we're a sinner, that we have a problem with God because of our wrong, and that Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sin, to bear the punishment, the wrath of God for what we've done. Believe he's our rescuer, our redeemer, our savior. And talk to him and do business with him and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Clean me. I believe Jesus died for me. And I want you to be my forgiver and my leader. Make today your spiritual birthday. The day he rose to life is the day you can have new life because of Jesus. So number one, are you his child? And here's number two, and we'll finish with this. The issue of confidence. Are you becoming more like Jesus? Are you his child and are you becoming more like Jesus? And this is that reality in 1 John 3. He says, And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So I ask you, what do you want to be caught doing? What do you want to be caught doing Are we becoming more and more like Jesus? You know, if we really had a thought that Jesus was coming, what would we want to be doing? Now, I know we're never going to be sinless, but we can sin less. You know, is there an attitude that we can shed? Is Is there a habit we can break? Is there a a disposition of Jesus like humility or grace or mercy or love or joy that we can take on to become more like Jesus? Are there disciplines, is there coming closer to Jesus in his word and in prayer that we need to take on right now? Rather than letting days and weeks and months go by as though life is just going to continue like it is. Jesus says, why don't you live like I'm coming now and prepare your heart. Maybe we need to crank up our influence on others for Jesus because if we really believed Jesus were coming, wouldn't we tell others? One um, One did a survey and averaged out how people spend their life. So if if one lived to 70, here's how they parsed out how people live their lives. They sleep for 23 years of those 70 years. Some of you are saying, wow, my teenager? Wow, it's going to get a lot more than that. But that's the average, 23 years. You work for 16 of those 70 years. 
Let's say you watch TV for eight years. You eat for six years. You travel for six years. Leisure for four and a half years. You're sick for four years. This was pre-COVID, by the way. You get dressed for two years of your life. You want to know the sad one? The average person deals with religion a half year. A half year. Not living like he's coming back. To be confident and unashamed. Are you his child? Are we becoming more like him? Because Jesus said his last words, yes, I am coming soon. And his resurrection is tied to his return. He's coming physically, personally to see you. He's coming. Would you stand with me? I just want you and God to connect. Are you thinking about him coming? Are you ready for him coming? Would you feel confident if he came right now? Would you? How would you not? And in that area that you wouldn't, that's what needs to change. And if you're not sure that you would go to heaven, that's what needs to change. Trust Jesus, would you? Believe that he died on the cross for your sin. Embrace it. Talk to him and say, God, forgive me. I believe Jesus died for me. And if there's sin to confess, there's something to forsake, if there's something to change, Let's be more like Jesus. And Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the risen Lord, the Savior of the world, we pray, even so come Lord Jesus, come. Don't delay anymore, come. We want you, we long for you. We're excited for you. Come and make all things right. We love you. We celebrate that you're victorious over death and sin and hell. We believe that you will come and rescue your church and rapture your church. We believe and we love you. And all the church said,